Hello, and welcome to Homegrown KC, a podcast dedicated to exploring Kansas City's fascinating history and sharing stories from a church past. I'm your host, Laura. Join me today as we explore a piece of Kansas City's history. Happy September, y'all. How you doing? Hope you're enjoying this glorious Labor Day weekend here in the U.S. So a few weeks ago, I took an adventure to the Harris Kearney House in Westport. I was actually there to record a Patreon episode with the president of the Westport Historical Society, Elena Smith. And patron supporters, I do not have that edited yet, but I will get it to y'all soon. We had such an awesome conversation. She knows so much about Westport history and the history of this house and the family. Except for Chief Libby Louisa of the Wyandotte Nation of Kansas, this is the longest conversation I've had with one of my uh, patron guests because we spoke for an hour and then we recorded for over an hour. Oh, actually, so no, this um, is about the same length, maybe even longer than my conversation with Chief Libby. Well, let's get into it. So, the Westport Historical Society calls the Harris Kearney House home, and the home is really cool all on its own. So, rewind. What is Westport, and why is it important to Kansas City history? Today, Westport goes from, quote, 39th Terrace and 43rd Street to the north and south, and then Main Street and Southwest Traffic Way to the east and west, end quote. It's a really cool historic district. It's filled with shops, restaurants, live music, tattoo parlors, and street art. But it is one of the oldest sections of Kansas City, and it's very, very important to the history of our city because it was quite literally the western port, the very last stop on trails west where travelers could resupply. In fact, of the six trails, the three most well-known trails pass through Westport, the Santa Fe, California, and Oregon trails. Lewis and Clark also passed through Westport when they traveled Western America, mapping rivers and mountains, and making notes about flora and fauna and indigenous communities. So during the height of Western expansion and the gold rush and all of that, thousands of people and cattle and horse and wagons are passing through Westport daily. And that's how Westport got to start. Civil War buffs might also know the name Westport because the Battle of Westport was fought here, obviously. Um, It's known as the Gettysburg of the West. So that's, you know, like not at all intimidating. Um, Confederate and Union soldiers fought their way from Independence through KC and then down to um, Lynn County, Kansas. The Union Army chased the Confederates all the way down to Lynn County, Kansas, and then eventually to Joplin. So, modern day, really the only site that still mentions the Battle of Westport is Swope Park. Um, No, sorry, I said that wrong. Loose Park. Um, On one end, you have a playground and the Rose Garden, and then you have the whole swath of the park. And then at the very other end, there's a couple of panels that talk about the battle. That's really all that we have in Kansas City. But there are several sites that people know that the battle was fought, you know, across this land. So 
Little Blue River, Independent Square, Byron's Ford, Swope Park, which I um, misspoke and said earlier. And, I mean, we didn't talk about the battle very much, but um, we did some, and I'll explain why in a moment. And honestly, I did not realize how extensive it was, so this will definitely be a future topic or mini-sode or something. I mentioned all of this about the Battle of Westport because the second floor of the house is the Civil War Visitor Center. They don't have a lot up there. It's, it's mostly empty, but they have some paintings depicting each day of the battle. And you can see, like... Day one is nothing but horses, and then day two, there's, like, no horses. Um, and, but they do have a lot of artifacts, actually, from the battle. They have a lot of bullets. They have a couple of guns. They have cannonballs. Um, they have a couple of prayer books that the soldiers were carrying with them that day. So, anyway, like I said, Battle of Westport, that's, that's for the future. Alright, so that was a super, super brief look at some of the highlights of Westport history. Now, what exactly is the Harris Curdy House? John Harris, eight, um, sorry, 1795 to 1874, that's his lifespan, and his wife Henrietta, born 1804, died 1881, traveled to Kansas City from Kentucky in 1832, and they settled in Westport. They owned a farm out of what is now 39th and Gillum, and they lived in a four-room log cabin. After a few years, John decided to buy a hotel in 1847. Um, that became the Harris House Hotel. Originally, it was McGee Tavern and was originally built in 1844. That was at Pennsylvania and Westport Road. Um, they did so well for themselves that they had a new house built at Westport Road in Maine, and they called it the Mansion House. It was a Greek Revival-style made of brick. The walls were and still are very, very thick. I don't remember the exact measurements Elena told me, but I want to say it was something like 13 inches on the inside and 17 inches on the outside, or, or vice versa. Suffice to say, the walls are about two feet thick. And this house sat on five acres. It featured a front parlor or sitting room, a formal dining room, and two bedrooms upstairs. The house still has the original black walnut wooden staircase, and it did not have a kitchen. That was a separate building. The Westport Historical Society's webpage describing the house admits that this house, and although it's not said, I imagine the hotel and possibly the light cabin as well, were built by enslaved individuals because Harris owned slaves. Um, in fact, I think there was a slave market in Westport that was actually not far from the location of the house. However, other than the single fact on their website, the Historical Society does not discuss slavery. The Harrises had seven children, Sarah Ann Bean, Henrietta Lipscomb, Mary Frances Ward, John S. Harris, Julia Harris, and Josephine Kearney. Oh, wait, sorry, two more. Um... Susan B. Bernard and Elizabeth Harris. There we go. So there's seven kids. After John's death in 1874, Josephine, his daughter, born 1832, died 1913. And her husband, Charles Kearney, born 1820, died 1898, moved into the house with her mother, Henrietta, who was still living. 
The Kearneys also had several children, and then after the Civil War, they took in dozens of orphans, so they added on to the house, and you can definitely see the difference in construction styles today. So while the exterior of the original is brick, the addition is wood, and it also features a lower and upper porch the length of the house on one side. On um, If my streets are not mixed up, that's on the south side of the house. When you're... Okay, so... If you're facing the front door, then it's on the left. Other than Mr. Kearney's office, which is now the Historical Society's office, I don't remember what she said the original downstairs were in the edition, but the upstairs edition featured a galley where all the children slept. There's just one giant room, um, which is now the Civil War Center, and the Kearney bedroom, and a small room for Hattie. So, Kearney bought Hattie from the slave market when she was, like, 12, for twelve or $13,000, something like that. And he gave her her freedom two years later. Like, two years? Really, bro? Um, but she chose to remain with the family. And, as I said, she had her own little room. There's a rocking chair in this room. Um, I believe she said it's not the original, but that Hattie did write in her diary that she used to love to sit in the, her rocking chair and look out her window at the people walking by for an hour each afternoon. So that's why they have the rocking chair in there. And I didn't see anything about when Hattie came to the family. Okay, let me, we'll just put this more blind. When she was purchased, which is just effed up. Um, but obviously it was before the Civil War, right? So it was before the Kearneys even moved into the house. The Kearney family remained in the house with Henrietta until her death, um, which, as I said earlier, was in 1881. And then Kearney actually soon died soon after, 1898. And Josephine continued to live in the house until her death in 1913. So then it sat vacant for a short period of time before William Nelson, owner of the Kansas City Star, and whom the Nelson Atkins Museum is named after, he bought it. And he gifted it to one of his editors, Thomas Johnston, after he married his wife, Maud. Then, in the early 1920s, I think it must have been vacant again or something. I don't know if Thomas and Maud even lived in the house. I'm not remembering exactly what she said time-wise here. But due to construction on Main Street, the city wanted to tear the house down. And residents of the area were like, no, 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 no. This is why I think it was um, empty, because it wasn't like the the inhabitant of the house was opposed. There was no inhabitant. Um, and these residents formed the Harris Home Association, and they purchased the house. And I think it, they, per they must have purchased it from Johnston. And then in 1922, the house was moved from its original location on Westport, Maine, one block west to its current location. It was a very, very involved procedure. Um, Elena said that they were able to contact the company that was hired to move it because they're still around, which is awesome. But that company had a fire at one time and lost like all of its documents. So the only thing, the only information they have about this process comes down from family oral history. There's no documents that talk about it. But still very cool that the family's around and that we have that oral history. 
The house went through a wide variety of business owners for the next 50 years until the Historical Society purchased it in 1976. Then, of course, there were some changes made to the house during those 50 years, um, but their si the society has done their best to fix it up and restore it to its original look since then. They offer tours of the house, uh, all the artifacts on display or period-accurate pieces. Elena said they don't even have any reproduction pieces, they're all original pieces. Um, and a lot of them are original pieces from the family. So they have furniture on the upstairs landing, a couple of couches. They have a wedding veil not on display. They have a Bible that is on display. They have a christening gown and a quilt. I think my favorite artifact that I saw that day was the courting candle. I've seen them in historical house museums before, but never with the candle actually sitting in it. It was really cool. It just totally changed the look of it. All right. Um, that was short and sweet. That'll be the end of our mini-sode today. Thank you for joining me for this adventure mini-sode. Photos from this adventure will be on social media. You can also visit the Society's website. That's www.westporthistorical.com. I encourage you to visit the Historic House Museum. They have really a lot of history crammed in there, and they have a lot to offer visitors. I hope you will consider becoming a financial supporter of the show. There are several ways you can do so. You can subscribe to patreon.com slash homegrownkc or redcircle.com slash homegrownkc. Or you can give a one-time donation at redcircle.com slash homegrownkc or ko-fi.com slash homegrownkc. That's ko-fi.com slash homegrownkc. Don't forget, if you become a patron subscriber, you will then receive access to my conversation with Elena Smith, president of the Westport Historical Society. And we had such an amazing conversation. I may make that available to my regular listeners for a short time at some point in the future. Haven't decided yet. You, when you sign up to be a supporter, you'll get charged that day and then on the first of every month afterwards. And you can give as little or as much as you want, even as little as a dollar a month. You will we'll receive access to these um, exclusive episodes. You will receive an item from the merchandise store valued at $5 or less. And you will receive a shout out on every episode and social media post. So thank you, Bjorn, Jonah, Gina, for your support. Love y'all. If you give a one-time donation, then you receive a shout-out on the next available episode, but you do not receive anything from the merchandise store or access to these exclusive episodes. And if you do donate on Ko-fi, 1% automatically goes to help fight climate change. If you can't support me monetarily, which is totally cool, I get it, inflation is high and it sucks, you can still support me by following and subscribing to the show on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and Tumblr, and my YouTube channel. And then just tell your friends and family, share the uh, the show, you know, on your social media pages, and rate and review me anywhere you listen, but especially on Apple Podcasts. You can visit my website for additional information. That's homegrownkc.wordpress.com. And if you go there... Make sure you sign up for my newsletter. I'm not going to send you an email every day, not spamming you. It'll be once a month, usually the first day of the month, I send out an email. And I've got new episode alerts, uh, announcements. It's a great way to stay current with the show to know what's coming. And in the future, I might be doing some giveaways through the newsletter. 
If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or episode suggestions, you can email me at homegrownkcpodcast at gmail.com or DM me on any of my social um, social media platforms. I'd love to hear from y'all. For merchandise, if you want to see what's available, go to www.zazzle.com slash store slash homegrown underscore KC underscore store to see what's available. Um, you can also find that link on my website and on my Facebook page. Thank you goes out to my talented sister-in-law, Sarah McCombs, for the creation of my logo. To the Dear Misses for the use of their song, Kansas City, as the intro and outro music of the show. And to local libraries, which enabled me to gather on my research. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Seem to get you off my mind